Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, and today I want to talk with you about why many parenting solutions fail. They just fail. And this applies to you if you see something on Instagram or maybe another parenting friend tells you about something that they do with their kids. Like, If you're talking that your kids always eat all these snacks after school and then they're never hungry for dinner and your parent friend comes over and is like, yeah, we only let our kids have fruit and vegetables after school and then they're hungry for dinner. So you go back, you try this and you find that now your kids are trying to sneak snacks from you and you think, okay, that didn't work and you drop it. We have a lot of solutions like that in our lives that we think, okay, we tried this once, doesn't work, let's move on to the next thing. Here's the thing, here's the catch. The reason that parenting solutions are not working for you or for your kids or for your family is that you're not making adjustments based on results. And that's a huge, huge thing that many people don't do. Let me ask you the question, which kind of person do you most identify with? Do you identify with the person who likes to try a lot of new things and has all these new ideas and one week it may be this idea and one week it may be that idea and you're just so excited to try it, but then you really lose interest in them fast or if an idea is successful, you can't keep it up. The consistency of it actually makes you bored. Or are you one of those people who likes it plotted out for you, step by step. You want to be told what to do, when to do it, and man, you can follow through like nothing else. You will set a process in place and you will be the most efficient at that process, right? So which one? The first one with all the new ideas or the second one who really masters the process? Neither one is right, but understanding which one you are is key to having more success in parenting. Now, if we're talking about myself in particular, I am definitely the first one. I love all the new ideas, but one of my drawbacks is follow through and consistency. Bores me. (laughs) Bores me so bad. I will drop things. I will take things away. I'll be like, no, I'm not doing that. Knowing this about myself helps me in my parenting. It means I will never put in place rules for anything because I don't follow through on rules. I don't really like them. What I will do is I will set up routines for things, things that I really don't have to think about each time of how we're gonna handle the situation. For example, how do we handle dinner time? Who puts out the plates on the table? Or how do we handle unloading the dishwasher? Who's the one who unloads the dishwasher? Who's the one who loads the dishwasher? Like we'll have processes, but there'll be no rules because I cannot handle it. You may be one of those people who needs the rules. You like the strict guidelines. You like the strict procedures and that's okay. But most parenting solutions that you see, if they come from your neighbor or a friend, they're not taking into account your own personality. They're not taking into account the personality of your kids. 
either. And so we really have to look at our family situations with kind of this detective mindset or even a scientific mindset. And I was just thinking about this the other day because we really have a scientific method of parenting. Remember the scientific method? If you blocked it out from horrible memories during elementary school, I don't blame you or like high school bio or chemistry, which I, oh, oh, chemistry was the absolute worst. But with the scientific method, We usually ask a question, do some research, find what our hypothesis is, you know, what we think is happening, and we design an experiment to test that hypothesis. After that experiment's over, we see what worked, what didn't work, we analyze our results, and then we might try again. And so this is how I want you to approach your parenting, because I think if we look at it as a process or a practice of parenting, where we're always trying new things, it actually lets us off the hook. We are no longer responsible. There's no such thing as failure. There's just information. So if you take it like this, and your son maybe is having a tantrum every single morning before you get out the door. And this tantrum, it is weighing on you. You dread mornings because you just know he is going to be in a bad mood and you're not quite sure what you can do about it. So first, we just ask ourselves the question, hmm, I wonder why he's having these tantrums every morning. Do you notice how when I pose that question, I'm not blaming myself? I'm not saying like, oh, you know, I didn't get him to bed in time or, oh, I didn't get the breakfast out right away, nor am I blaming him. Oh, he's so grumpy. Oh, he doesn't like to cooperate. None of that's happening. We're just asking a question. Hmm, I wonder why he has so many tantrums in the morning. And then we're going to do some research. And when I talk about research in this regards, it's really about you and your kids. You can do this by thinking backwards. You have that tantrum. Say the tantrum happened at 8 a.m. in the morning. What happened at 7.50? What happened at 7.40? What happened at 7 a.m.? You're thinking back through the events that led to that tantrum. Say you remember that your son has a lot of mosquito bites and he was complaining about those before the tantrum happened. He was also saying how there was nothing to eat in the kitchen for breakfast. Maybe he also woke up a little crankier than usual and said he didn't sleep very well. He had a hard time sleeping. So you now have that research. And you're going to do a little bit more research. When he's all calmed down, when we're out of the tantrum situation, we then go to him and we say, hey, I noticed you had difficulty getting ready this morning. You had difficulty finding something to eat this morning. And I saw you were screaming and you screamed at me about it. What's up? What happened? Your child might answer, I don't know, which is such a typical child response. And I promise you, the more that you use this technique, the more your kids will be insightful on their own behavior and be able to tell you a little bit more what's going on. But at the beginning, they're probably going to say, I don't know. And that's where you can pull out some of that research that you did. Oh, I noticed that you had bites this morning and you were complaining about those. Does that have anything to do about it? Or I noticed you were saying there's nothing in the kitchen. Does that have anything to do about it? You're going to get more information from your child. 
doing the research stage. And there is a podcast episode I really want you to listen to of ours. It is episode 126 with Kim Hopkins. It's how to handle your kid's next meltdown. If you want a little more strategies on what questions that you can ask your kids during this research stage. Once you've gathered all your research, then you're gonna form your hypothesis. And I want you to form it with your child. And you're going to state what you learned. Hey, I noticed that you were really bothered by the bites you had on your legs. I noticed that you couldn't find anything to eat in the kitchen and that you didn't sleep well the night before. After that, you say, okay, so let's think about this. If we wanted to handle the bites, what could we do to prevent these bites from happening or to make these bites hurt less? Your child will give you these ideas. Oh, we can spray them with the bite spray, or we can wash my bed sheets, or I could wear uh, insect spray when I go to bed. You know, nothing is a wrong idea. With those ideas, you're going to create your experiment. You're going to pick one, and it's best if your child picks the one because they are ultimately in control of their own bodies and their behavior. So have them pick one. And then try it. Be like, okay, so our plan is when you have these bites, we're just going to spray it with insect spray, with the anti-bite spray. Maybe it solves it. Maybe it doesn't. But whatever happens, you're going to have something to go on. Say it took down the itch a little bit, but it wasn't the whole problem. You go back, okay, well, we're also going to see what could we have in terms of what you could eat for breakfast, something that you can grab easily right away. They might give you an idea for something to get from the store, like having Pop-Tarts on hand. If I had a Pop-Tart in the morning, I could easily eat that. Or if I had mini bagels in the morning, I could easily eat that. And so you put those in the kitchen and then you see how it goes. These solutions, when you go through it this way, it is perfectly tailored to your family. You are taking your tendencies, your mood into account, as well as your child's tendencies and mood and what you're both capable of. This will help you not only develop a more trusting relationship between your kids, but it's also gonna help them develop a more trusting relationship of knowing their own needs and being able to advocate for their own needs because they're as much a part of the solution as you are. Remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. I'll talk to you later. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. 
Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.